This is exactly right. Welcome to the Parent Footprint Podcast with Dr. Dan. I'm your host, Dr. Dan. Our goal and mission at Parent Footprint is to create a loving and compassionate world, one parent and one child at a time. At Parent Footprint, we strongly believe that the key to raising happy, healthy, and engaged kids is for parents to strive for those same things in their own lives, to be happy, engaged, living fully, modeling the behavior they want their own kids to be. And by doing this, their kids benefit from their own health and happiness and have a model to do the same thing for themselves. When we can be more aware of where we came from and what we want for our kids, we can parent with purpose and intention and create our own vision of successful parenting. So this show is all about that. And I am fortunate to be able to talk to an amazing professional educator and person, Dr. Denise Pope. And I already warned Denise, I'm going to say a lot of nice things about her uh, because there's a lot to say. Uh, The topic of today is challenge success, finding balance with Dr. Denise Pope, strategies for healthy, engaged kids, stronger schools, and living a balanced life. So that's a mouthful, but all of those things are really important, and that's what we're going to talk about today. Dr. Denise is a senior lecturer at Stanford University Graduate School of Education, and she is co-founder of Challenge Success, which is what we're going to be talking a lot about today. It's a research intervention project that provides schools and families the tools they need to raise healthy and motivated students. Challenge Success has an expanded version called SOS, Stressed Out Students. It's a project that Dr. Pope founded and directed for several years. We're also going to be talking about that because too many of our kids are stressed out these days. She lectures all over the place, and she's written many, many books that have had many, many awards. And one I want to highlight is that she's the lead author of Overloaded and Underprepared Strategies for Stronger Schools and healthy, successful kids, and that came out uh, in 2015. Denise, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. So I want to start by telling a story to the listeners about the first time that I saw you speak several years ago. Now, I already had known about you and your work, which is why I chose to go to this talk at this conference. And so let me just set the stage for everyone. So it is, um, she's in a large room because a lot of people like to hear her speak. And it is at a very well-known, very reputable, very well-regarded private school private uh, K through eight school. And they have a conference every few years that brings together some of the greatest thinkers in education. Um, And of course, you get a lot of parents who are um, huge advocates for their kids and wanting their kids like all of us to be successful and have an edge and do well in life. So here's what Denise says at towards the beginning of her talk, which is where I kind of say like she had me at hello to use that movie reference there, is that she says, So here's what our research finds, that with a few exceptions, where your kids 
go to college, whether they go to community college, the type of college does not predict their future success. Now, mind you, this is in a room of people who are paying lots and lots of money for their kids' education at really good schools. So I can only tell you the reactions in the crowd and how um, graciously Denise handled some of the questions and reactions. So, I, Denise, how often do you get that response when you speak? I get that response a lot, as you can imagine. I speak at schools all over the country, public schools, private schools, even at public schools, where they're not paying that money, I get that same reaction. Um, Because maybe they moved into the neighborhood and bought a, a, a very pricey house in a pricey neighborhood so that their kid could go to the good school with this assumption that they're doing that so that they could go to a good college and get a good job. And there's this linear notion of success that we're trying to basically block and say success does not happen in a straight line like that. Mm-hmm. And um, what I love about the Challenge Success uh, logo um, and the website is like it's, it's upside down. So just the whole idea of Challenge Success, I mean, you guys set out to turn it on its head. We did. So, so we are challenging this notion that, that you do these things in lockstep order and, and, and you end up being successful. And a lot of people are defining success as money, college, you know, the name of the college, the, the name of the bumper sticker that you get to put on your car as a parent, test scores. And we are flipping that around and saying, you know, success is not measured over the course of a semester or determined when you're 18 years old. Success is measured over the course of a lifetime and means much more than just those extrinsic things, money and test scores and and the name of the college you attended. Success is about are you a healthy person? Um, Do you have well-being? Do you have positive coping skills? Are you uh, resilient? Are you ethical? Um, Mm -hmm. Do you have friends? Right. So, there's mm-hmm. a, so, so we're basically expanding that definition of success and challenging that very narrow notion. Well, and so tell us a little bit about how Challenge Success started, because obviously there were some alarming trends and concerns within several um, helping populations, educators that that we were seeing. Yes, exactly. So it actually started with my doctoral dissertation years ago. I shadowed five high school students for an entire year, and I was looking at a really good suburban public school and looking at what we would call high-achieving kids, kids getting you know good grades at the school and who were involved in extracurriculars and student council. And I shadowed these kids for an entire year, September to June, five kids, and each uh, student helped me write his or her own chapter of this dissertation, which later became a book called Doing School. Hmm. And what I found in that book is that they're high-achieving kids, but they were really struggling from stress and sleep deprivation and ulcers. And some of these kids were cheating to get their grades. And it was all about the grades and getting into college and kind of building the resume. And that's why we called it Doing School. They were doing school. They were playing the game of school, but it wasn't really about the learning. I then got a call from the head of the health center at Stanford University when the book came out and said, we have the aftermath of your doing school kids here at Hmm. Stanford. 
Wow. And the problem is that we need an intervention, he said. We need something to be done because when they get here after being completely stressed and, you know, it might be the first time they see a low grade in their entire lives, they end up in the health center. They, they literally don't have the coping strategies, and they haven't had a chance to really be kids and learn those important skills of being an adolescent. They come mm-hmm. to Stanford really book smart, but without those other skills of resilience and communication skills and how to think outside the box and, and really how to get along with others. And that was the beginning. That was the beginning. So at first we were called Stressed Out Students, and we mm-hmm. ended up changing the name to be more positive. But yes, 2003... We, we started our program and have been going strong ever since with Challenge Success. And I know, I mean, again, you, the, the resources that it started here in the Bay Area and then just expanded all over the country, you know, training teachers, training parents. And, you know, if you could tell the listeners a little bit about some of that really compelling research that you were finding about kids' well-being. I mean, there, you, so, I mean, you guys have done a ton of research and you cite a lot of research. What are, you know, if you could say the most salient ones about what us, like what parents need to know about what their kids are feeling like these days in school? Right, right. Well, it's pretty sobering. So yeah. m- the majority of the kids that we have studied and we, we give surveys out, we've, we've surveyed over 100,000 students at this point, Many, and these are at high-achieving public and private schools, many are feeling undue stress. They are sleeping unbelievably few hours, right? So, mm-hmm. so if you are a middle school student, you, need, you may need 9 to 11 hours of sleep a night. If you're a high school student, you need between 8 and 10 hours of sleep. We've got kids sleeping 2, 3, 4 hours a night. Our average at the high school level is not even 7 hours. It's like 6 and 2 thirds. So they're sleep deprived. We have kids who are um, much more anxious. We have we see kids who are depressed um, at pretty alarming rates. Um, we have a worry scale on our survey, and they are showing great worry about their future. We are seeing health issues like um, eating disorders and perfectionists um, who cut themselves. And really, sadly, we have kids who are contemplating suicide, all due to this sort of academic stress and the pressures that are on them to succeed in this really narrow definition of success. Yeah, it's really sobering. And, um, you know, my own in my office of talking to lots of these kids who are making the argument why they can't sleep because um, they're going to not have they're going to lose their not even their edge on their peers, but they're going to fall behind because the people they know only sleep four hours to get ahead and study and get the five on the AP exams and such. Right. So it's like this culture has been created that they feel they'll be left behind. Exactly, and and that's why we called the 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 new book, the book that that I I co-authored with some challenge success colleagues, overloaded and underprepared, mm-hmm. because the kids are completely overloaded in school with homework. They're often taking classes, AP classes or honors classes that are um, really too challenging for them, and they're taking it for the wrong reasons or taking it because they think they need to. And then mm-hmm. they're overloaded outside of school with all their extracurriculars. So they may not be starting this homework till 9, 10 o'clock at night when they get home. And the irony is 
it's actually hurting them. Not just hurting their health, which I think we just made clear, but it's also really hurting their ability academically. You're not going to do as well when you're overloaded. You're not going to do as well academically when you're exhausted. There's this impression that you stay up later and you do better on the test, but it's actually not true, and research has, has shown otherwise. So it's actually in the long run hurting them both academically and in terms of their health and well-being. So as an organization, and based on all this research and, and practice, you guys come at it with talking to educators to help educators understand this, and of course, helping parents understand this. So, you know, can you say a little bit about, like, how do you come at it at both ends? You know, and I'm really thinking about how, you know, how parents, what parents need to know as we are guiding our kids through their development based on this information. Right. That's a great question. So we hear from parents that it's the school's fault, that there's too much work, there's too much homework, there's all this pressure, and they need to back off. And then we hear from the schools, you know what, it's the parents' fault. They're crazy parents who are putting their kids in these classes they don't belong in. They're putting all this pressure on us to get the test scores up, to get the kids into these schools, and they're putting a lot of pressure on the kids. And the kids will say to us, no one's listening to us. No one has our well-being in mind. You know, it's, we're, we're caught in the system. So we knew when we were developing the intervention, when we were developing the Talent Success Program, we need to hit it at all ends. So we talk to kids, we talk to parents, we talk to schools. What actually happens when you join our program, well, there's a lot of different things that we do. We'll, we'll give surveys out at schools to show, sort of benchmark the problem. And we'll talk, you know, I'll do these parent talks like you saw me speak mm-hmm. by you. But our main program is really the school sends a team with the principal and the counselor and some administrators, but also teachers, parents, and kids have to be part of that team. And we give them a coach and we work on, okay, what are some of the issues you're seeing at your school around stress, around academic overload? And here's the research on a whole bunch of things you can do to change the policies and practices. But everybody's got to be around that table talking about the changes. It can't just be the schools doing it in a vacuum. They have to bring in the parents and the students so that everybody's on the same page when it comes to what the school is trying to do. And do you you then find that people the different, I mean, I'm sure the kids are like loving to be heard, right? I mean, like you're helping the kids have a voice. The kids are so happy that they are included in the conversation. It's often the first time they'll tell us that any adult has asked their opinion about school. The kids are the ones who are living it every day, and yet we forget to include them in the conversation. So it may be that this is the first time someone says, so, so we have a question it's Monday morning, 8 a.m., how do you feel you're on your way to school? And the kids will say, no one ever asks us how we feel in school, how we feel on our way to school. Um, you know, no one ever asks us. The, another thing they said is it, it, lunch is way too short. We, we can't get through the lunch line. And if we have to meet with a teacher or retake a test, there's no time in the day that we can do it. And we have adults who shadow kids, kind of like I shadowed kids, you know, September mm-hmm. through June. They do it for a day to get a sense of what it's like to go through seven, eight periods a day, go to basketball practice, go to piano practice or whatever, and then sit down and do all your homework. So the kids really feel heard. They appreciate that we not only survey them, but include them in on the meetings around the policy changes because they're the ones that live it every day. It's, 
it's, I mean, it kind of blows me away and is sad to hear that as a community, that the kids feel this way, like that we're, no one's asking. I mean, it really, it's, it's shocking. It's really shocking. It is, and yet, you know, I was a high school English teacher, and I can understand the day goes, you see these kids for such a short period of time, you know, 43 minutes, you've got 30 of them in your class, the next class piles in five minutes later, you really don't have time to sit and chat with kids. One of the things we suggest at Challenge Success is changing the schedule to include time, whether it's called an advisory or a tutorial period or free periods for the kids, where adults and kids can get together, where it's not such a rushed, you know, boom, 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 where you have time to sit and check in and really treat the the kid, you know, as a human being instead of Mm -hmm. just a cog in the wheel. Yeah. Well, and then so so much of this training is for parents, uh, and this show is for parents to help with parental awareness and uh, parenting and intentionally and with purpose based on what we want for our kids. How do parents react to the coaching and messaging and information that you're giving them in this process? That's really interesting. Sometimes parents will say, wow, I had no idea that this is how kids were feeling, or not just my own kids, but other kids. Um, Other parents are saying, you know, we've known this for so long and we just haven't had a vehicle to get our voices heard. So they're really thrilled. We have a mix, right? We have some parents who are saying, wait a minute, wait a minute. I don't want changes at this school. We picked this school on purpose because it has such a good reputation and they're worried that changing something at the school, changing the schedule, changing how the teachers teach, changing uh, policies, it's going to negatively affect the the school's reputation or their ability of their kid to get into XYZ college. And what we tell them is, no, 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 this actually, we take good schools and we make them even better. Mm -hmm. And parents also have to know that they're part of the problem. So if you're pushing your kid to take all these honors and AP classes in high school, when they really don't want to, you are part of the problem. When you are overscheduling your third grader with too many activities that that third grader doesn't have time for play or adequate time for sleep or time to be with friends, you're part of the problem. So we, we have to help parents learn what kids need developmentally and how to parent to make sure that they're getting what they need. Exactly. And I, what I'm thinking about now as you're talking is one of the things that I've learned, one of the really important things that I've learned from you and from Challenge Success about this number one indicator of health, the health of a student, is school engagement. And that seems to me to be this bridge of home and school is how engaged kids are in school. And and the finding is not good grades is what predicts health or lots of activities. It's this whole idea of being engaged in school. Can you say a little bit about that? Absolutely. I'm so glad you're bringing it up. So that's our tagline for Challenge Success is healthy, engaged kids. If you're not healthy, you're not going to learn anything, right? If you're Mm -hmm. so anorexic, you can't attend class, you're not going to learn anything. But the key is engagement. You have to be engaged. You have to want to be there and you have to be working hard and finding the value in it. And that takes the whole family in how you talk about school and how you appreciate what goes on in school and how you choose your classes and and engage in your other activities as well. A lot of these kids call themselves robo students. They're just robots huh. going through the day. Mm-hmm. And that and and the thing that's most associated with academic achievement is engaged students. 
healthy and engaged students. You want your kids to succeed in life. They've got to see the purpose of learning. They've got to enjoy it and they've got to want to do it. And, and not every kid, I, I get it. That's really hard, right? That's a tough, tough bar. Um, but as parents, it's how you talk about it. So when you talk about school as only about grades, you're really doing a disservice. If the first thing you say when your kid walks in the door is how'd you do on the history test, you're saying the most important thing that could have happened to that kid that day was a grade on a test in a class. Right. So instead, right. we work with parents, right, to say, how was your day? How are you feeling? Are you interested or engaged in anything? What excited you that you learned? You know, who did you eat lunch with? I mean, anything besides grades to help really make it focused on engagement and learning and the whole child instead of just the transcript. Yes, exactly. And I uh, I read someone forwarded me yesterday an article in the Huffington Post by a mom and a kid. And it was a, I think by this time, a middle school kid who they were talking about the difference of saying, have a day, even then having a good day and was your day good. And the, the whole point of this was, even when we, we don't think about how our words are so important. And if you have a child who is struggling in school and you keep telling them to have a good day and then asking them that they have a good day, that might not even be the right thing to say. You know, like if we're really not in touch with our child's experience, who in this child was really struggling in school, it was like that was the worst question and, you know, thing I could have heard. <laughs> so they came up with, hey, have a day. How was your day? So, I mean, what's your, right. you know, really, the, what messages we give to our kids are so important. Absolutely. I also think this, um, what you're making me think of is the courage it takes parents to have these real conversations with their kids when they're not seeing their kids engaged and they've really invested in this school in lots of different ways or this track for their child and it isn't working. That's really tough. It is tough and you have to be, you know, as a parent, we get wrapped up just like our kids do in peer pressure. Right. You have to be on the yeah. right soccer team. You have to be in the right class. You, you, I can't believe you're not taking AP U.S. history or you're not making her take AP U.S. history. And and really, just as we teach our kids to resist peer pressure, we have as parents to resist parent peer pressure um, and to know in our guts, we have to protect the health and well-being of our child no matter what. So we actually have um, three protective factors that are from the research and it's basically playtime, downtime, and family time. So we have a little mnemonic aid, PDF, right? Every kid needs playtime, downtime, family time every day. And if you look at the research, as a parent, you have to say, is my kid getting enough sleep? Is my kid having enough downtime? Is my kid having enough time for a social life or to play? Not structured extracurriculars necessarily. And are we spending enough time as a family so we can have these conversations, so we can even be aware of how our kid is feeling. That's the true value of family time. You're, you're part of an unconditionally loved unit. And every parent says that they love their kids, but the kids don't necessarily hear that. They say, well, my parents really want me to get A's. My parents aren't, you know, my, my dad was really upset when I missed the, the catch in baseball. So that's why that family time is so important to have those conversations, to check in with your child. It's supposed to be about five times, 25 minutes duration a week. Right. Hmm. So almost every day where you're checking in with your children, you're checking in as a family unit, talking about your day, talking about what's working and what isn't working, 
um, enjoying one another's company. It could be a family game. It doesn't have to be, you know, a serious discussion every time. But there has to be connection so that you can catch the kids who are falling through the cracks. I, I love that. I love that. Playtime, downtime, and family time. And the other, another key thing you said there is for parents to be aware. And, you know, our, at Parent Footprint, that's what we're trying to do is increase awareness, right? Just taking enough time to be aware of what's driving our own behavior, such as uh, community peer pressure about what determines success where we all live, and also to be aware of how our kids are really doing so we can parent them in a way that produces health and not just miss some pretty key subtle or not so subtle signs that maybe they we, we need some help or we need to change something exactly exactly i think there's a lot of parents out there who have no idea and i'll go back to sleep as an example they have no idea about the research if your child is sleep deprived it can actually trigger a depressive episode parents exactly. have no idea about that they just think okay mm-hmm. they're tired they'll make it up on the weekend this is what they got to do to get through school to get to college no it can actually really harm them. And really derail them from that track and that, really. you know, you're yeah, trying to keep them on. Yeah. Okay, so it is time for the parent footprint question. And this is where Denise gets to answer the question about a time that she remembers when she became aware of something about herself or something about herself as a parent, and that new awareness benefited her child. So maybe others have had the same experience, but when I would pick up my daughter, my oldest daughter from elementary school, and I think she was in probably first or second grade, she'd get in the car, and I was, you know, picking her up after school, and I'd say, hey, you know, how... How'd you do on the test today? <laughs> I mean, she had a spelling test every Friday, and that was my day to pick her up. And I had no idea that I was causing her angst. So we found out that on Thursday night, she starts to get stomach aches. I'm not sure why. And she has a spelling test every Friday, and she says to me, Mom, I know you're going to ask me how I did. And I'm really nervous. Oh. I want to make sure that you're happy with me. And I thought, oh, my gosh, I don't care at all about how she does on the spelling test. I'm just one of those moms when you pick your kid up, I don't know anything that happened to her that day. So instead of like I used to do in preschool and say, what'd you have for snack? You know, I just switched it to, hey, I know that's the one thing I knew that was happening on that day. And I had to explain to her, oh my gosh, I don't care at all how you do about that spelling test. In fact, this is why we have, you know, spell check on computers. There's good research out there to show that spelling tests are really not worth it at all. Um, And it made me really pause and reflect on my parents and reflect on my conversations with my kids after school and what messages I was sending about what I valued versus what I truly valued, which I was not talking about at all, which is how she was doing and if she was having fun and did she make new friends and was she excited about anything? That's a big awareness. uh, (laughs) That's a great aha moment. And I can see how um, you've taken that aha moment to to lots of parents and it just shows like even a well-intentioned parent who doesn't even really care like we so have to be aware of what we're saying and what messages we might be communicating to our kids absolutely denise 
Thank you so much for being on the show. You and your organization have done, I mean, you are creating and spreading health across the country and I hope farther. And I know there's a long way to go, but what what you are doing does change lives. And for listeners out there to listen to, this is such critical research and this is based on hundreds of thousands of data points about what our kids need to be healthy and what we need to be thinking about as aware parents to raise healthy, resilient kids and not kids that are stressed out and just worried about their future. So Denise, please tell us where everyone can continue to find out more about your work, writings, research, speakings, and all that good stuff. We have a website at Challenge Success, which is www.challengesuccess.org, with lots of information on there. There's um, free white papers and research that you can download. There's videos. We have conferences. We have a calendar where we're going to be speaking across the country. Um, We have ways for schools to get involved. And you can also follow us on Facebook and Twitter. We have some active discussions going on any given day. Awesome. Everyone, check that out. The stuff is there for us to use and to grow and to be healthy. Denise, thanks for this. I've been wanting to do this for a long time, and I'm so glad we actually did it. It exceeded expectation. Oh, thank you. I'm so glad we did it, too. Thanks for all you do with your podcast as well and and, and beyond. Thank you. All right, everybody, you have been listening to Dr. Denise Pope, Challenge Success, Finding Balance, Strategies for Raising Healthy, Engaged Kids, Stronger Schools, and a Balanced Life. Check us out at www.parentfootprint.com. Think about how you can engage in your life so your kids can engage in theirs. Parent with purpose and intention. Be the person you want your kids to become. And I'll leave you with this guiding question. What footprint do you want to leave?